You're listening to the Murder Speaks Podcast, the show that spills the tea about true crime. Here's your host, Wendy Hinbest. Welcome back to Murder Speaks. I hope you guys are having a great week. So today's real crime story is about 12-year-old Courtney LeBlanc from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. November 14, 2002, Courtney's uncle was in a car accident. Her mother was at the hospital to be with her brother. A family friend drives Courtney and her little sister to the hospital. And her mother decides to stay at the hospital with her brother. So the family friend drives Courtney and her little sister home and they planned on staying the night at her house because Courtney's mother decided to spend the night at the hospital with her brother. But on the way home, Courtney talks the family friend into letting her stay home alone to finish some homework. The next morning, her mother comes home to find the back door open a little and Courtney is not there. They recently moved to Denham Springs, Louisiana so they don't really know anybody. Her mother called everybody who knows her, but nobody has seen her. So her mother calls the police. She is considered a runaway. Her friends and family put together a search party. There's no sign of Courtney all weekend. The police notice that none of Courtney's things are missing. Things that a 12-year-old girl would take if she was planning to run away. There's a serial killer in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So the police consider the fact that Courtney might have been a victim. It appears Courtney was taken from her home. Courtney, her little sister, and the twins came from three different dads. Everybody was a suspect. Jennifer's ex-husband, Gerald Bordelon, was a registered sex offender. And Jennifer knew that when she married him. Jennifer is Courtney's mom. Jennifer and Gerald Bordelon separated because Gerald touched Courtney while she was sleeping. He also molested one of the twins. So Gerald becomes the number one suspect. November 25th at 3 a.m., Gerald was at a cemetery with flyers. So the police confront him. He tells police his car was overheated. The police want Jennifer and Gerald's sister to question Gerald. So the police prepare scripts for both of them. Jennifer questioned Gerald first, and then his sister followed. They followed the script. The police went to question him afterwards, and it appeared their strategy didn't work. But then Gerald tells police he wants to talk to his sister. So he remained in the car while his sister went to the car to talk to him. He tells police where Courtney's body is. They find her body. It rained the morning of Courtney's disappearance. Jared Bordelon was on a standby and had nowhere else to go and was close to Courtney's house. He found Courtney sleeping on the couch. He drove her to Mississippi and raped her, then drove back to Louisiana and brought her to the river 
where he choked her to death. Jimmy, tell us what happened. I didn't have nowhere else to go. So I figured I'd go to her house and stay there for a couple of hours. And when I walked in, Courtney was there. What was Courtney doing? Sleeping on the couch. I went there and woke her up and told her she was coming with me. And told her if she screamed or hollered or tried to get away, I would kill her. Where did you go? To Mississippi. Tell me what happened then. I can't. She asked for a was going. What did you tell her? I told her down. She asked me why did I like the room. I told her I used to go down there when I was a kid. Tell me what happened after you got there. That choked her. June 2006. Gerald Bordelon was convicted of Courtney's murder and sentenced to death. Courtney's mother was convicted of felony child abuse for failing to keep a convicted sex offender away from her children. She is ordered to write Courtney a letter every year on her birthday, and she is sentenced to five years probation. 2010. Gerald Bordelon is executed by lethal injection. Now, this is crazy. I don't understand how this woman can marry a guy, knowing she has children, marry this guy and bring this guy into their lives, knowing he's a convicted sex offender. I mean, I would run. <laughs> if I met a guy, if I had... Like if, if I was a, a single mom and I started dating a guy and I found out he was a convicted sex offender, I would run. I would not have him in my home and I would not have him around my children. Imagine the guilt she must feel if she hadn't let this man in her life. Her daughter would still be alive. Well, thank you so much for joining me on this week's Real Crime Story. If you like it, please share it. Sharing is caring. And if you are a true crime addict like me, check out my store, crystalkiss.com. That's crystal with a K for some murder merch. Start killing it with Crystal Kiss Murder Merch. Join me again on Murder Speaks. Don't forget to subscribe. Thanks for listening. Bye.